Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I would like to greet the church tonight the, with the name of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Uh, we deem this a great privilege just to be standing before you. Without any wasting of time, I believe let us go straight to the scriptures. Uh, let us open in the book of John, St. John chapter 6. John chapter 6. John chapter 6. We'll be reading from verse 53. So, Funda, verse 53. And we'll be jumping. Uh, other verses and going to other verses as we go on. So the same verses Amen. Amen. I'll just give you some time so that all of us will have it. So Amen. Okay. Verse 53. Verse 53. We'll just read with the brother, and the brother will read it in the Zulu version, then I will read it in English, in King James version. Okay. It says, Then Jesus said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Except ye eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, ye have no life in you. Amen. Call out just what you go for. We'll jump to verse 60. It reads as follows. Many therefore of his disciples, when they had heard this, said, This is a hard saying, who can hear it? Let us jump to verse 66. From that time, many of his disciples went back and walked no more with him. Then said Jesus unto the twelve, Will ye also go away? Then Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? Thou hast the words of eternal life. And we believe and are sure that thou art Christ, the Son of the living God. If you read from verse 53, you realize that uh, Jesus spoke, as the verses, uh, verse 60 says, he said something which was very, very hard for all the people that were there. He spoke something which was not popular to the time that she was talking. 
And uh, honestly speaking, Peter and the 12 disciples that remained, or the 11 disciples that remained with him, they never understood this saying as well. But listen to the words of Peter. It says, they say, Peter answered and said, Lord, to whom shall we go? Thou hast the words of eternal life. It was a very, very hard thing, and even though he didn't understand, but he knew that the words of eternal life are in Jesus Christ. He didn't understand the saying, but he knew that he, in this man, as it says in verse 69, and we believe and assure that thou art Christ, the Son of the living God. I believe if maybe there were people that were critics of Jesus Christ by that time, but within the groups of, or within the circles that uh, traveled with Jesus, one of the persons who might have called Peter aside and say to Peter, then what do you say after you say such a saying? Now we are supposed to eat his flesh now. Try and explain it to me, Peter. I've, uh, I don't understand. Because always when we speak against this man, you are the one who is supporting this man. How can we eat his flesh? Okay, okay. Let's do it like this. Where is it written in the scriptures that we should eat a flesh of a person and drink his blood? There is no scripture which says that. But because of the faith that they had in Jesus Christ, yes. they had no reasons. They, had, they, they couldn't reason what he said. They couldn't uh, explain it, what he said. But they, but they just believed what he said. I also believe that we were not called to understand God. But we were called to believe in God. That's why uh, Brother Brenham at some time he said, um, even if you don't understand the things that I'm preaching right now, he said, he said just believe these things. Let me be the one who's going to be accountable for these things. What you do, just believe these things. We'll ask our brother just to lead us in prayer. Amen. We may all be seated. I would like to take this opportunity 
just to appreciate uh, the opportunity that I've been given by the pastor. Uh, the pastor is a man that uh, usually have faith on the people that he's fellowshipping with or the people that he is pastoring. You might not maybe realize the good that can come out of you. But, but as a pastor, he usually is able to identify something good that can come out of you. As members in the church, maybe let's say there's one person who's not doing things right. As the sheep in the church, we are able to write that person off. Just to judge him and say, there's nothing good, actually what it needs to be, do, to be done with is just excommunicated. But the vision of a pastor is not like that. The vision of a, a shepherd is not like that. And in those ways, I just want to say we are very much happy and very much thankful Indeed. to have the pastor that we have. And we pray that may God keep him for us. Amen. And always may he feed us with the word. Amen. Amen. Uh, for a title today, I would like to preach on this title. Pledging allegiance to the Lamb. Pledging allegiance to the Lamb. If I can just help my brother. Uh, pledging allegiance. Allegiance means is to be loyal. Allegiance. Who should get? Yeah. Um, to, to be devoted to something. Uh, there's a definition here. Uh, the definition, I got it from dictionary.com. It says uh, loyalty or devotion to some person, group, or cause. Exactly. Amen. Yeah, so I would just like to, to, to preach about that. Uh, maybe some of you, you might be asking yourself, uh, where do I get this topic, uh, this title, and how did I come to, to, to choose uh, this title? Uh, during the week, it happened that I was blessed by one of the songs. There's a song that I listened to during the week. It says, I pledge allegiance to the Lamb. Uh, I pledge allegiance to the Lamb. I will just go through it so that maybe some of uh, all of us, maybe we are familiar with the song. What it is. I wish I could sing it, but I. It's very bad. <laughs> Some of us, we are vocally disadvantaged. It says, I pledge allegiance to the Lamb. With all my strength, 
with all I am. I will seek to honor his command. I pledge allegiance to the Lamb. It carries on one of the stanzas to say, I have heard how Christians long ago were brought before a tyrant's throne. Tyrant, tyrant, tyrant throne. They were told that he would spare their lives if they would renounce the name of Christ. But one by one, they chose to die. The Son of God, they would not deny. It says, like a great angelic choir sings, I can almost hear their voices ring. Uh, another stanza says, Now the years have come, and the years have gone. But the cause of Jesus still goes on. Now our time has to count the cost to reject this world and embrace the cross. It's a, and one by one, let us live our lives. Amen. It is for the one who died to give us life. Till the trumpet sounds on the final day, let us proudly stand and boldly say we pledge our allegiance to Jesus Christ no matter what happens <clears throat> no matter what challenges we may come across we must always pledge our allegiance to Christ we must be loyal to him in all things. Amen. So Amen. one of the, 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 the way this uh, pledging allegiance, they use it, uh, they usually use it when they are singing national anthems. Yeah, you'll see it is a moment of respect and they'll be holding their hand uh, on their chest to show their loyalty to their country. It is good to do that. But the government that we are living in, the corruption that we do see, I think it's very dangerous to put your allegiance to that. You can think of all, of all the evils that the governments, I'm not talking about South Africa, I'm talking about governments all over, all over the world. <clears throat> One of the things that I hate the most, they despise our God. 
So how can you pledge your allegiance to people that despise your God? I'm not saying let us be against our government, but I'm just showing you who should we pledge our allegiance to. If we remember very well, when Jesus had a conversation with the devil, when the devil came to tempt Jesus, the devil told Jesus that these kingdoms are mine. So how can we pledge allegiance to what belongs to the devil? These are things as message believers or as believers we must over we must look uh, right inside it what is happening. We mustn't just go with the flow to say, oh, all the people are doing this, then that is what we are going to do. But it is worth it to pledge our allegiance to Jesus Christ. Reason being, he loved us before we loved him. There was nothing desirable about our lives. We were sinners, you know, we were living a bad, bad, bad life. There was nothing good. But he loved us anyhow. Up until he left the corridors of heaven and of eternity and came down to be made flesh so that he can die on the cross. The cross, it wasn't a nice experience. Because you realize at some point he was even praying that if it was your will, O Lord, may this cup pass away. But he never looked at the pain that he was going to feel at the time when he was going to be crucified. He looked at me and who who are we that we can get such a favor and such a life from our God? And Jesus says there's no form of greater love you can show to your brother or to your friend without laying your life for your brother. Hallelujah. The, the question I might, pose, I might pose it to the church and say, who are you supposed to pledge your allegiance to? Isn't it worth it to, lay, to pledge your allegiance to Jesus Christ? He gave us eternal life. And one thing that he will never do, he will never forsake you. Friends and families will forsake you at some time. But he will never, never forsake you. Always is going to be there with you. That's why I would tell the church that he put your trust and put your allegiance to Jesus Christ. Don't put it on a man. No, no matter how close they are to you, but don't put your allegiance to a man. A man is subject to an error. 
But there's one person that is not subject to an error. Always he'll be with you. Whether we are down there in the Marie Clay, he's going to be with you. Whether we are despised by the community, he'll be with you in that isolated area. No matter even if people don't see any good out of you, but he's going to see out of you. That's why I say, church, today, let us pledge our allegiance to Jesus Christ. Let us not put our trust on a man. Let us not put our devotion onto a man. Amen. Amen. Uh, last year, <coughs> uh, I went to Midupi, uh, it was due to work. I have never been there before. <coughs> but I was surprised by the gadget that I used to go to the Palale. I do believe all of us we do know the, that gadget they call it a, a navigator. In your phones, I think you do have it in your phones a, a navigator as well. Um, it was it was surprising to me <coughs> when I took that journey going that side. I didn't even know one street going that direction. But I put my trust on that gadget. I said, through that gadget, I will reach the destination that I'm going to. That gadget, what it told me was the distance that I'm going to travel. I mean precisely the, the distance in meters to say this is the distance that you'll travel from Whitbank to, 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 to the Palace. It even, told, it even told me about the time as well. At this time, you are going to arrive at that destination provided you travel at this speed. So through God that it was, he did predestinate us. He knew about you before you were even born. He knew about you. Where are you going to be born? Where are you going to die? The amount of years that we are going to live. He, he knew about the time that at this day, at this time, you are going to be seated right there listening to me preaching. A person like that with that infinite knowledge, are you supposed to doubt that person? Knowing the end before there is even a beginning. What it does also is that if you failed to follow it, it says 10 left, then you don't turn left. You go forward. It was supposed to say, if, I'm, I'm just dramatizing it. Yeah. Uh, you don't listen to me, then go. You'll see where you are going. Mm. It never does that. 
Who's that woman who's speaking there, Pastor? <laughs> I just forget the name. The pastor did mention the name of that woman. Who's that woman? Amanda. Is it? <laughs> yeah, some, some, something like that. But yeah. Amanda. <laughs> okay, yeah. So, but what it does is that it will redirect you. But but If you miss the turn that they tell you turn right, then you miss it. Then it won't give up on you. So okay, on four day uh, at the straight turn left again. Is it meeting not so also with our Lord Jesus Christ? Sometimes we bypass His way. Sometimes we go to places there where He told us that we shouldn't go. He never, never gives up upon us. You will come and say, okay, my son, this is what has happened. Okay, it's fine. But now, this is the way that you need to use it. I was blessed uh, in the recent years when I heard uh, our deacon, Brother Mpanyane, he said, uh, we force our way to hell. He says, you just don't go to hell. No, no, you force your way to go to hell. How does that happen? It's because God will come to you and tell you, no, 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 my son, or no, no, my daughter, you're not doing well. A brother will come and say, No, 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 brother, you are not doing well. A sister will come and say, My brother, you are not doing well. The pastor will come and say, My brother, you are not doing well. Worse of it all is that your own consciousness, will, your conscience will tell you that you are not doing well. So you will force your way and say, no, I won't listen to my conscience. But it will keep on ringing and say, no, you are not traveling well. You are not traveling well. You are not traveling well. It shows that we choose what happens on our lives. There's nothing which happens in our life by a mistake. These things they do show us that if we can rely upon God, we are, not, we are never going to go astray. If we just put our trust in God and say, God, we surrender all that we have. Some of the things we cannot uh, explain or some of the things we might not understand, but here we are, oh God, have preeminence in our lives. Just have faith in God. Put your trust in God. The guarantee that I can give you is that He has never failed me yet. And also, and also to you, you will never fail me. Amen. In the message, uh, present stage of my ministry, I will just uh, summarize this uh, certain quote there. 
Amen. Uh, I, I could have read it, but I could have read it, but no, I'll just uh, summarize it. It's in paragraph 27. Present stage of my ministry. It's the present stage of my ministry. Amen. Okay, let me just read it. Let me just read it. Mm. It says, here some time ago, <coughs> I, I was explaining it. I was looking at a television picture where they let a man down. I think two mile or a mile deep in the ocean. And they had rail lights that went out. They were showing marine life. And there came a fish by. That horrible looking creature. That it's midnight ink blank down there. And they had phosphorus on their nose and they had no eyes. Now they have to, fee- to be fed. So it looked like to find their food, they were guided with another sense. Remember, they don't have eyes. And, and deep down there in that ocean, it's dark, 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 dark. So for them to get food, they had to be led by that sense. Brother, Brother Benham says it's not a sight because they didn't have eyes. Couldn't use them down there. But they were guided with another sense that they could contact their food. On its own, this message just shows you that uh, God is... uh, it's omniscient. So you, you just can't explain it. It doesn't have eyes and it's dark. How can, how can that animal feed? Let us continue. And I thought, if I could have control over that fish, with my sight, how much greater could I supply his food and lead him places? How much greater my sight than his radar he contacted? See, and I thought if I, if I could lead him, then it came to me if I could only surrender myself to God. How much greater is the sight and the sense of God? Let's go back to it. Brother Brendan talks about this fish. It didn't have eyes. It was, it was, it was staying in a place where it's ink blank. Uh, it's blank. Yes. So for it to eat, it was yeah, it was like a struggle, but it was led by another sense. 
But brother Branham says, if, I, if that fish could surrender itself to me and allow me to take it to places, he says, I could take that fish to places that it never dreamed it could even arrive. I could take that fish and put it on the surface where it never thought it could arrive. I could feed it food that it never thought that it could eat. I could make it in, to, I could take it to places of uh, make it see, but even though it cannot see, but it could be able to be in places that it never even thought that it could be in. If only it, if it could uh, surrender itself to me. It says, how much more with us if we can surrender ourselves to God? What is it that is going to happen? One of the prayers that he made, he was even crying there, Brother Brenham. He said, he, made, he gave me a name. I come from a family with a poor background. I come from a family of drunkards. There's nothing good from the Brenhams. Or from all over the world now, the name of Brenham is being known in a positive way. How did that happen? He yielded himself to God. If we can just also ourselves, if we can just lead, uh, yield ourselves to God. I'm telling you, the people that are sick, they are going to be healed. The reason why they are not healed is because of their faith as well. It's, it's not that mature and it's not that strong because they are doubting, they are saying, what if this is going to happen? What if this is going to happen? If, if we can just yield ourselves to God, it's not an easy thing, I won't lie to you. But you have to yield yourself to God. If we can yield ourselves to God, I'm telling you, mountains will move out of our ways. Not talking only about that uh, literal mountain or the natural mountain. I'm talking about mountains that are before you in your own life. All those obstacles that you are faced with are going to move if you can yield yourself to God. Believer, you are not supposed to fight for yourself. God is fighting for you. If we can just yield ourselves to God. If we can yield ourselves to God, the impossible will become possible. If we can just yield ourselves to God, the unreachable will become reachable. If we can just uh, yield ourselves to God, the supernatural will become the natural to us. Wasn't it so with Brother Brenham? He said he lived more in the spirit world. So the reality to Brother Brenham was the, the invisible world. 
The reality to Brother Brenham was angels and he could even see demons. But, but to us, that is the, what we call a, a spiritual or a supernatural. How can you explain what happened when, when God told Brother Brenham to go back when there was a storm? It was foretold that the storm is going to come. Naturally speaking, it was foretold. But, God, uh, but Brother Brenham yielded himself to God and said, Okay, God, if God says I should go back, then I will go back. And what did happen? He became young again. Can you explain that uh, naturally? Can you explain how can you, uh, an old man can become a young man? You can't explain that naturally. But if you have yielded yourself to God, you will see angels descending and ascending. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Uh, let us look, uh, because if you read in the Bible, in the Bible, uh, it does talk about people also that have yielded themselves to God. People like uh, Job. People like Enoch. People like Abraham. Mind you that Abraham, Jacob, and Enoch, they didn't have the Bible. They didn't have a point of reference. But they said, whatever happens, we are going to follow that voice. But I loved what Brother Dipadi spoke about last Wednesday. He says, listen to that campus. It says that campus will never mislead you. That campus. It says always if you listen to that campus, then you are rest assured that you are going to go where you want to go. It was not yet also the dispensation of the Holy Ghost. Enoch, Jacob, and Abraham, they didn't have the Holy Ghost. Enoch, Jacob, Abraham, but they were loyal to God. There was nothing which was inspiring them inside to say, okay, maybe like a comforter to say, no, you can do it, you can do it, uh, this is what you need to do. They just uh, uh, relied on the way that they heard from God. God would come and speak to them and just leave them like that. And remember, in those times, as I said, that they didn't have the Bible. If they spoke about the things that they were told by God to the people, how do, how do you think the people reacted to those statements? It's not written. Where is it written? Where do you get that from? Look at Noah. Noah spoke about a rain. It has never rained before. Didn't it rain? 
It did rain. Even though there was no rain before, but because of Noah spoke about the rain and he believed God when he said that there was going to be rain, it did rain. Right. A person like Christ, shouldn't we pledge our allegiance to him? Shouldn't we devote our life for him? We shouldn't consecrate our lives for him. Everywhere that you can hear words that you can hear outside, ah, nah, it's only God's word that is the truth. No matter how good it might sound, but it is a lie. That's the Bible. That's what the Bible says. Let every man's word be a lie, and my word be the truth. Tell me, when did it ever happen that a old woman can give birth to a child? She failed to give birth in the age that she was still young. She was barren. Now, let's speak now. Uh, do you think that a person that was barren when he was still young can give birth when he is old? Would you blame Sarah when he laughed behind the tent and say, uh, will I have even pleasure with my Lord? It has never happened before. It has never happened before. But God spoke it and it did happen. Hallelujah. If you look at Jacob's life, then that's when you realize that when a person is devoted to God, people, they will say you are crazy. It doesn't make sense to them. How can you get a child in your old age? How, How can you do that? But if you say, I follow God, even if it doesn't make sense, but I follow him anyhow. I, I love how Brother Brenham uh, uh, said it the other time. He said that if God can tell me in a dream that he's going to resurrect uh, the president, his president, George Washington says, I will announce the whole America. That shows the devotion that Brother Brenham had to God. If I can ask you, maybe sister or brother, you are sitting there, God talks to you and says, tomorrow, maybe I will resurrect, maybe let's say Mandela. Mandela. Can you go to the national television and say, Mandela will be resurrected tomorrow? Now, the way you, you see it and the way I brought it to, closer to you, then that's, that's when you realize that you are not devoted that much to God. That means we must make an introspection to say we Hallelujah. must devote ourselves to God. If needs be that we lay our lives for him, let it be so. Let us lay our lives for him. Amen. Also, Enoch, the way he lived, the way he was so close to God, the way he believed in God, 
The way he surrendered himself to God. What happened to him? He walked with God until he was no more. Amen. 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 That is how we need to do. Where he leads us, that's where we should go. The problem with us and with our generation today we are analysts. And you cannot work with God if being, you, are, you are an analyst. God doesn't need analysts. He needs believers. That's when you realize today so people will be referring to that, people will be referring to that, people will be referring to that. Even when the, in the terms of Brother Branham, they told Brother Branham that the days of, uh, of, of uh, divine healing is over. But, but that voice which was speaking inside Brother Branham never that's the That's the age that we are living in. People are followers of people. The Bible says that if a blind man leads another blind man, are they not going to fall into a ditch? Cursed is the man who put his trust on another man. But you can put your trust in God who is in a man. Hallelujah! Meaning, before you follow a person, before you follow a man, check first if God is in that man. And if God is in that man, then you can follow that man. And to put it, you are not following that man, you are following God. When we came into the message, people are saying we are following Brother Brenham. It's not so. We are not following Brother Brenham. We are following the God that was in Brother Brenham. When I came into the message, I was uh, enticed. I don't know if you are used the right way. Enticed, <laughs> yeah, by the signs and wonders, you know, and things. When I saw the pillar of fire. I, I jumped and said, Hallelujah. Hallelujah. They took a photo of a supernatural thing. That means I need to, to, to check this man. When I, I followed Brother Brennan, when I listened to the sermons, when I listened to the tapes, I was shocked that actually it was God. Then I saw that the person that he was showing me, God was showing me when I was looking at Brother Brenham, he was showing me himself. But when you look, you look at a man. But there is God in that man. It is not so with the modern generation. With the modern generations, even the preachings, <coughs> they will hear people preaching about prosperity. No, they are preaching, you know, come to Jesus, come to Jesus. All things will be okay. Yeah. 
preachings that we get today. It's, uh, it's uh, I don't know if to call it the anointing of the time that we are, we are living today. You will hear that a, a person will be talking about an enemy. <coughs> yeah, then you'll be surprised that that enemy is not the devil, that enemy is another brother. That's, that's the generation that we are living in today. Since when was your brother your enemy? I love the other day <coughs> when I was told by another, uh, it was a Pentecostal friend actually. He said they were invited to a party, not a party, but like a a gathering, they, they called the church to come and celebrate with that woman who was staying in that house. Yeah, it was like a, it was like a Thanksgiving. <coughs> yeah, from that woman. So they didn't know what <coughs> she was thanking God for. Okay, they came, they sat down, they worshipped, they prayed, they ate. Beza, bakula. When they, were, when they were about to leave, yeah, then that woman stood up to say, no, thank you very much for, for taking your time and coming to visit this small house of mine. It has been difficult in the past years. God has fought my battles. And I can say that we did win. He said, I thank God for that stone of David. That stroke my husband down. Pass. <laughs> oh! That's when the, the, the church was surprised. Wow, we were celebrating the death of, uh, of her husband. And that's the time, that's the age that we are living in. It has never, ever happened before that the devil is your, the, your brother is your enemy. The enemy is the devil. Let us contextualize things. The devil is the enemy. He might be using my brother, but he is the enemy. I'm not fighting my brother. He's the, 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 the devil that is in the, the, the brother. Amen. Amen. That's the age that we are living in. The church chooses what it should be preached. You don't just preach anything. It's a prophecy. It's prophet. In the book of Timothy, Second uh, Timothy, chapter four, verse three, it says, "For the time will come." It is when they will not enjoy sound doctrine. But after their own lust, they will heap to themselves teachers having each ears. 
So if you are going to pastor those kind of people, then you have to pastor them according to the way they want you to preach. You know you can't touch that, you can't touch that, because if you touch that, it will uh, offend that brother. If you touch that, it will offend that sister. But what I do know is that we do not cha- we do not choose the way we live for God. As the specifications we get them from God. That's right. He tells us what to do, how to wear, how to talk, how to live. The, the moment we start doing that, then we must realize that there's something wrong with that. Mm. That is the time that you are living in. People will tell you that if you have come to Christ, then ah, everything is fine and everything is well. But I firmly, I firmly believe that <coughs> when you come to Christ, you come to a battle zone. It is a messy place. I won't lie. It is a place which is full of blood. It is a place which is full of casualties. It is a place where it is rough. No one is begging another person. It is a place where it is the survival of the fittest. How do you become fit? feed on the word the Bible says we we do know that uh, you are what you eat eat. if you feed more on the word then you will become the word and today the the recipe or the formula that we can use to defeat the devil is when we are the word Don't be surprised if battles are coming to you. Don't be surprised when challenges come to you. Maybe it might have happened to me alone, I'm not sure, but what I've realized is that as a believer, things, they don't just go easy. Just to make an example, maybe you would be studying a a three-year diploma, after you have finished that diploma, you are supposed to get a job and apply your friends. Maybe they do get a job. It's, then you don't get a job. Maybe you stay another three more years. Then you'll be surprised. Why are things going the way they are going in my life? It's because we are not from here. And the ruler of this place won't allow people to go very well is for So you shouldn't complain. You shouldn't cry also. You should know that you, I am a resident of heaven. I'm not from here. So I will fight always to get my things. I was speaking to another elderly woman in Verena. 
who just got baptized. He says everything was going well in her life. He says the biggest mistake is when he was baptized. She says everything turned upside down. Why? Because now he chose to, 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 to be on the side of Jesus Christ. And when, he chose, when she chose that, then all the hell was let loose just to go and fight that woman. The children turned out to be something different. Everything just turned against her. But if things are like that, the question is, are you still going to be allegiant to Jesus Christ as well? Are you still going to be loyal to Jesus Christ? Let's say when your friends, the best friends that you trust, then they turn their backs on you. Are you still going to be loyal to Jesus Christ? When your own family your own family disown you are you going to still be faithful to Jesus Christ because the moment it becomes hard the moment there's pressure that's when you see people turning back now they say we are not sure that if we took a right decision or not you took a right decision because if you took a right decision the right decision that you took is you are not going to be just let loose to say no do as you please is it nature showing us that if you see a car that is standing there you'll never find a dog that is barking at the car but if that car starts and go you will see all the doors will be rushing towards it that shows that you are going somewhere so do not give up and the thing is that as believers we have different challenges my my challenge is different from yours the song says, Will Jesus bear the cross alone? Says, no. no, no. Each and every one of us, we do have our own cross to bear. Why cry when you are bearing your own cross? Shouldn't you see it as an honor to say, This is a cross that belongs to me? And I will cherish it the way it is. Even if it's heavy, I will cherish it the way it is. That was the same thing which was done by Peter and the apostles. After Jesus died, they were preaching the gospel in the area. All of them, they were summoned. And they were beaten. When they left that area, the Bible says they were rejoicing to say they were found worthy to be beaten in the name of Jesus Christ. Each and every one of us, we have our own cross. Each and every one of us, we have our own cross. And mine maybe might look small to you, but it is very big to me. 
cannot pretend to be holy, holy or better than you. Each and every one of us, we have our own cross to bear. We must hold them tight and never give up. Amen. Amen. That is the life that we are living in. But out of all the things that may happen, all the hardship that we might face, the Bible says what can separate us from God. Who shall separate us from the love of God? Shall it be tribulation? Shall it be distress? Will it be the job that you don't have? You don't have a job, then you say, ah, me, there's nothing good. Will it be a sickness that we are having? Healing we do believe in divine healing. But you are healed and Brother Brenham says that you are going to be healed now. At some point in time you will become sick again. So what is it that is important? It's the healing of your soul. So that's what is important. If our souls are right with God, then that settles it. Do I have food in my house? It doesn't matter. If my soul is right with God, that settles it. Oh yes, for Jesus. Am I jobless? If God is in my heart and my soul is right with God, then that settles it. There's nothing greater than if our souls are right with God. It gives you peace. It gives you joy. You might say, maybe I'm facing this problem, I have a lot of problems, how can I have joy? I have experienced that personally. Things, maybe they might not be going right, but I would be rejoicing alone in the house, jumping up and down. <laughs> There's joy in my heart. Amen. If you are in Jesus Christ, there's joy in your heart. I loved it. One brother uh, told me the other day. He said he was talking to another person who's an unbeliever. He says, you know the amount of joy that I have in my heart. If we can say I remove my heart and put it in your, in your body and you remove your heart and put it in my body. Um, you are not going to allow me to have my heart back. Um, That's the kind of joy that we experience in the Lord. Young people, I won't lie to you, it's not a struggle to live for God. Because if you think that life out there is beautiful, then coming into the service, worshiping God, you are lying to yourself. Amen. 
you can look at us you can look also in the building there's no one who doesn't have an eye but those, pe- those people that are having fun they, they don't have eyes others there's no person who has a pusa face here so it depends it depends how do you classify your joy or your happiness amen 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 yeah, it's just for a sense of humor, but it is the truth. Right. In Jesus Christ, it is joy. Amen. Amen. Both for young people and old people, all of us, we have that amount of joy. So there's nothing, nothing that can separate us from the love of God. Even if we can be persecuted, even if there is famine even if there is nakedness even if there is peril or sweat there is nothing totally that can separate us what we need to do is that we need to devote ourselves to him no matter what happens, we must uh, 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 stick with him always. He will never mislead you. He will never leave you. The Bible says heaven and earth will pass away. BMWs, beautiful things, beautiful houses, they will pass away. Fashion will pass away. Education will pass away. I'm not promoting that people shouldn't be educated, but we do it just to make a living. (coughs) But our focus should be in the word of God. Because it is the only thing that will never be shaken it will remain forever and ever I was blessed by brother Dibadi also on, on Wednesday as I, when, he talked, when, when he talked about that not star just let us just read that quote before I close I'll be closing with that quote amen uh, it's in the message Absolute and absolute. Paragraph 118. It now I hunt worldwide. <clears throat> and I've been in a wilderness. And sometimes one of the best. If you can look up and you know the direction of the North Star. He says he guides you out. And a man at the sea, when he is lost, he, he can only find that North Star. He can direct himself then the way he is going. Now that's when he is lost. 
He looks for the north star. Now other stars shift. Wealth system shift. I'm the one saying that. Okay. Men's way shift. Technology shift. Anything visible shifts. But there's only one person that doesn't shift is God. That not star doesn't shift. Let me continue. But that not star sets right in the center of the earth. No matter where the earth is turning, that North Star remains the same. It points you towards the North. Is it the only true star? I understand that we have is extremely the North Star. Now it gives you direction. The last words that I may pass to the church. Keep your eyes fixed to the North Star. Your faith, your belief, everything that is in you, let it be based on the North Star. I'm telling you, never regret. Amen. Amen. That's where I close. Uh, you may all be, you may stand up all of us. Amen. We can just sing a song. Sing a tula, tula. Inga kungim tanda, nim tumisa.
How much more about the Lord Jesus Christ? Amen. How many of us ever wronged Jesus? My hand is up. How many of us have we ever wronged him? And, and how many can confirm he has never given up on us? He is a good God. Ah, it was wonderful. Ah, wonderful. God bless you, bro. Ah, how many love this Wednesday meetings? <laughs> Amen. We are we are blessed with Brother Dipani last week. Uh, we are blessed today with Brother Msizi. Amen. We realize that he, sometimes as much as we make the building beautiful, but sometimes it's necessary that we develop people. What we put in these young men, what we put in these young men, I can tell you it will stand the test of time. You know, there is a, a generational relay. Uh, even you know the problem especially in Africa people die with baton in their coffin we've got to grab a baton out of a man in a coffin but the baton is meant to be handed back uh, amen. Generation have got a baton that they hand off. Amen. And I'm glad the young men are taking their stance. I just received a message from another young man. Brother Isaac Masango. See, Pastor, it's my first time behind the pulpit tonight at Elohim Tabernacle. 
influence me, I need you to have, to hold to remember me in your prayer. Then I say, we are we are we are really training in the right direction. Hallelujah. And may God richly bless them. We don't want to groom young men that criticize in a corner. Oh, we want young men that can take responsibility and wave a flag of the message of the hour. Amen. That's why we give them this opportunity. Because they are tomorrow's young uh, leaders. Amen. God bless you richly. Amen. Just give us a song. How many are happy for the convention? We can hardly wait. I can hardly wait. I'm already in a convention mood. Let the brothers run with the baton. We are waiting for the conference. Uh, brother phoned me from Polokwane. Hey, a combination of brother babes and pastor Salam, I've never seen it. Me, I'm coming. Amen. 